0: visit ElkinsConsulting.com and schedule a one-time 90-minute StrengthsFinder session. Episode 224, Three Ways to Reduce the Perception Gap. My friend Marley has been texting and calling me as she's reading my book, Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will, and she's sharing some of her aha moments like this one. She highlighted a quote from the chapter about perception gaps the difference between how you think you're being perceived and how others are actually experiencing you. Here's the quote. Had him scrambling to manage the disconnect between who he thought I was and who I was proving to be. There are two sides to the perception gap. One is when you're fully aware of who you are and the gap is coming from the person in front of you who misjudged you based on your appearance or other external factors. The other is when you think you're perceived one way, but the majority of the people around you see you differently. The first kind of gap can be to your advantage. When people underestimate or misjudge you, there's plenty of room to pleasantly surprise them and or for you to catch them off guard. Sometimes they're underestimating you to your advantage when they didn't see you as a threat. The second kind of perception gap will absolutely limit your career success and the health of your relationships. Here are three ways to reduce that second kind of gap, the career and relationship breaking one. Number one, in everything you do, make sure it's in alignment with how you want to be perceived. So even when no one can see your dog doing his business on a neighbor's yard, in a park, or on a trail, you have to pick that shit up. If you want to be known as considerate, you have to consistently be a considerate human, and that includes times when no one sees you, when there's no immediate consequence for not doing the things that make you a considerate human. Why? Because if you're not consistently being that person, there is an internal disconnect, and people can sense that even if they don't know exactly what what doesn't fit. So what does being considerate look like? Well, to me, being situationally aware enough to hold the door open for the next person walking through it, returning your shopping cart to a place where it won't be a hazard to other vehicles or people, and ignoring the urge to let another driver know your displeasure when they cut you off or slow you down, I'm sure you have lots of other examples of actions and behaviors that you could add to this list of inconsiderate things people do. I recently stopped myself from getting seriously annoyed at a driver who pulled in front of me by remembering and acknowledging that I accidentally did that to another driver just a couple of days before because I wasn't paying attention. Being considerate to me, means having the humility to know you've been at fault before and offering grace to others for that reason. A few days ago, as I walked my dog on the trails behind my house, I saw him do his thing a few feet away from the path. I have to tell you, I considered leaving it there because it wasn't on the trail and highly visible. But I didn't. I picked it up and ended up carrying that bag for the rest of my hike. I picked it up because I knew that it was possible somebody would step in that and track it back home. Leaving it there would not be considerate. Number two, ask a few friends, close and not so close, to describe how they perceive you. Give them sincere permission to be honest about this, maybe even adding, hey, I'm asking you because I respect and care about you, and I want to continue to grow and improve. This experience, this exercise can be enlightening, encouraging, and extremely painful all at the same time. Many years ago, I asked a friend about this and she called me super sweet. I know it doesn't sound painful or insulting to you, but when you're 26, ridiculously young looking for your age. I had even recently been ID'd to see a rated R movie and the required age was 17. I was a professional woman working hard to be taken seriously in a career in Washington, D.C. So being known as super sweet wasn't exactly what I was going for. I asked her if she saw this as a detrimental quality and for specific examples so I could decide what to do with this description, if anything. Years later, I asked another friend, and along with some wonderful compliments, she said, Sometimes you come across as kind of a know-it-all. So, yes, ask a few friends, and be prepared to hear things that either don't align with how you want to be known, or don't align with how you see yourself. Ask them to be very specific about when they experienced you in that way, so you have context and examples to contemplate and take action on if necessary. Use the information to make adjustments to how you speak and the actions and behaviors that seem to be contributing to those descriptions that don't fit and contradicting the ones you want to. Number three. Start to collect stories of your experiences that demonstrate the character, traits, and talents you want people to know about, see, and experience. I'm smart. I'm a good cook. I'm a team player. We all know that saying these things doesn't make an impact. It's not meaningful. And sometimes saying these things sends big red flags to your audience. So sharing a story that demonstrates these qualities is far more effective, especially if you have limited time and are unlikely to be able to demonstrate them in the context of your conversation. When I started a catering side business when I lived in Washington, D.C., I overheard a woman at work talking about planning her 50th birthday party. I mentioned I was doing this as a side business and would love to be considered for that job. She asked me about my cooking skills. I said, well, I'm currently making a variety of pasta salads and dips for grab-and-go lunches at a local shop down the street, and they sell out almost every week. My most recent catering job was making fajitas for 75 people at a house in Reston. The best part of that was seeing people come back again and again for more of my homemade guacamole. And the most common compliment I received after that party was that while they loved the food, the meat was well-seasoned, they loved the variety of hot sauces I provided, but what they really appreciated was how it was presented, decorations of fresh flowers, cilantro sprigs, and fun cut vegetables. And they especially appreciated my welcoming smile and the service throughout the evening. Did you hear that I never had to use the words, I'm a good cook? She was salivating by the time I finished my story and even said, whoa, now you're making me hungry. Let's talk about this later. Sharing a story that demonstrates your character is going to be way more effective at making sure that people are seeing you and experiencing you the way that you want to be seen and experienced. A perception gap simply means that you see yourself differently from how the people around you are perceiving you. Do you want healthy relationships? Do you want to influence people at work or at home? Your behaviors and actions are a direct reflection of who you are, your values, your character, and that's how people experience you, not through your thoughts and unlikely through your feelings. I have to remind myself about this every single day. And you know what works really well for my reminder? I think, what would my kids think if they saw me or heard me right now? Am I modeling what I want to see in them and the others around us? If you're curious about getting clear about your values and motivation, as well as developing clarity around a transition you're experiencing, check out my new Discovering Clarity course. You can find more information on my website at ElkinsConsulting.com. Thank you.